32 teams, a month of games, and some of the world's most high-profile athletes based right here in Aotearoa. Honestly, we don't know what's going to hit us when the FIFA Women's Football World Cup lands here in July 2023. Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Zoe George, and this is the Podium Summer Series, sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. To help us get a handle on just how big this is going to be, Stuff Sports reporter and good friend of the Podium Podcast, Phil Rollo. Hi, Phil. Hey, Zoe. How's it going? Not too bad. Are New Zealanders ready for the Football World Cup to arrive on our doorstep? It's funny, yeah, we've just watched the, the Men's World Cup finish and the next FIFA World Cup's going to be coming to New Zealand. And I guess we saw how big that tournament was in, in Qatar. And it is something that people will say about the Women's World Cup in New Zealand. New Zealanders won't know what what is coming because it's going to be such a massive event much bigger than any other world cup including you know the men's rugby and and cricket world cups that we've we've had before um i think one thing that's going to be really different about this world cup is how many fans are going to be traveling over here um and that's something that say with the women's rugby world cup didn't quite experience so it's going to be crazy i've seen footage of the last one in 2019 and they're like 10,000 fans from, from different countries sort of marching the streets before the games and stuff. And that's just something we haven't seen in, in New Zealand for any sport, really. Yeah, well, rugby's our game, right? And the Rugby World Cup uh, in 2022 was amazing, but this is an entirely different level. The Women's Football World Cup is the second largest global sports event behind the men. It's bigger than the Olympics. Yeah, it's it's massive. And, and one thing that's quite interesting with this is like, yeah, this is a global game, you know, all these players will be professional players. Um, you know, so with the Rugby World Cup, a, a lot of the players spoke about how they're still amateur and, you know, weren't, weren't professional. Um, th- these players are, are playing in, in Europe and in North America for, you know, massive, massive clubs. Um, a lot of them are, are massive names as well. Um, some of the, the stars on the US team, you know, they've got more social media followers than, than the All Blacks. Um, and it's going to be awesome to to have it here um to think you know we've had the women's cricket world cup the women's rugby world cup and and now there's a third one with the the football and it's going to be the biggest one of the lot yeah you mentioned the usa they are the superstars and current reigning champions Uh, but who else should we keep an eye on yeah so well the us is the obvious one and especially for us in new zealand because they're going to be based here which is a huge score for for us um they're going to be playing two games in, in auckland and and one in wellington um and I'd say, yeah, another team to, to look out for would be Spain. Um, they've got the best player in the world, um, Alexia Puteas. Um, she's currently out with a, a long-term injury but should make it back for, for July. Um, and, yeah, she plays for, for Barcelona, which is easily the best club team in, in the world. Um, in fact, a lot of the the Spain team is, is Barcelona players. So that's another, another pretty exciting one. Um, England will be... A team to watch and will be one of the favourites. Obviously, they had the amazing run to to win the Euros. They're going to be based over in Australia, so we won't see them here in New Zealand. But um, yeah, they they definitely will be sort of a team to to watch. And and same with Canada, who are the the Olympic champions and are coached by Bev Priestman, who actually used to to work for New Zealand football, which is which is pretty cool. Well, there you go. It's quite incredible when you think about the numbers as well. The last. Women's Football World Cup in 2019, uh, they had more than a billion viewers worldwide. I mean, a billion eyes on New Zealand. That's quite incredible. Oh, it's insane. And it's even, yeah, it is kind of a bit hard to comprehend how big this tournament is going to be. And like I say, with 
you know, fans marching the streets and, and just what the the scene's going to be like before some of these games. It's just something that we, we wouldn't have ever seen with any sort of sport before. And, and like some of those other World Cups where, you know, there might have been some travelling fans or there might have been you know, family and stuff. You know, there's going to be thousands of people descending on the, the country. And, um, yeah, I guess it's probably, you know, like when the, the Men's Rugby World Cup was on, um, I remember being in Nelson and there were street parades for the, the teams that we were hosting and, and it felt like there was sort of this World Cup fever that swept through the country and, and this is going to be even bigger than that, um, which is going to be awesome. Like We just don't get that much big sport in New Zealand and, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to be honest. <laughs> You're so excited. You're lost for words. Now, some of the teams, we've got a whole bunch of teams based throughout New Zealand, so it would be great to see cities adopt them, right? Yeah, totally. And, um uh, yeah, there's even going to be some teams which are based in locations that don't have games, and I've seen some of those places say, you know, like, let's get behind that team as, as our sort of second team. Obviously, New Zealand is, is going to be involved um, as one of the co-hosts, um, but I guess the, the difference there is New Zealand, unlike the Rugby World Cup and, and the Cricket World Cup, New Zealand's not expected. They they, they won't win <laughs> this tournament. They they aren't one of the contenders, really. Um so having another team to to support that hopefully will make a run deep into the the tournament, maybe go all the way to the final. I'm, I'm sure it's quite easy for for people to say, you know, this team's in our town. This is the team I'm going to get to see the most. You know, that's the team I'll, I'll get to sort of follow and hope they go all the way. Yeah, let's talk about the football ferns. You said they don't really have a chance. What's our pool looking like? Yeah, well, the the unique thing about hosting a World Cup is you get to be one of the top seeds when they do the draw. So by the World Cup being in New Zealand, the football ferns will never have a better chance or a better draw than they have for this tournament. So they play Norway, the Philippines, and Switzerland. The Philippines are the only team of those that are ranked below the football ferns, and it's a team the football ferns beat in um, this year in September. Um, so, yeah, I think the football ferns have never won a game at a World Cup, but they'll definitely be targeting that game against the Philippines as their first ever World Cup win. And if they can win that game, then they play Switzerland, possibly needing a win or maybe even a draw will be enough to get through to the knockout stage, something they've never done before. So um, Norway is the the you know the, the tougher team in the group, but as I say, because the football ferns were a top seed as, as hosts, it means they didn't have to face someone like the USA, um, you know, one of the... The, the big gun. So I've got a pretty favourable draw, um, but in saying that, you know, as we speak, the football ferns are ranked 24th in the world, which is the equal lowest. Um, and just winning a game or trying to get out of the group is basically, is, you know, that's kind of the best case scenario for them, I think. They've got a bit of a run up though. Um, we're playing USA very soon, which is exciting. And then we've got some more games as well, don't we? Yeah, the football ferns have got a whole host of games, and that was the same in 2022. Um, because they're co-hosts, New Zealand football have just given them the best possible preparation by organising as many games as possible every international window they've been playing. Um, to decide the last three qualifiers for the World Cup, there's going to be um, sort of a 10-team playoff tournament um, held in Hamilton and in Auckland in, in February and the football ferns are going to be involved playing some friendly games as, as part of that as well so they're going to be playing one game against Portugal um, and a couple of games against Argentina and then they'll have some more games later in the year in the lead up to the World Cup so in terms of preparation couldn't have been any better I think 
The only thing I'd say is the football ferns have been playing some really hard teams, including the, the games against the USA. And I think if they are trying to just win a game in a World Cup against a team that's ranked below them, I think they need to be playing teams that are a bit weaker than the ones they're playing at the moment because they're kind of just playing these really tough teams and losing and it's not really giving them any sort of momentum or building any sort of confidence and goal scoring is a bit of an issue. So if they were playing teams that were ranked yeah, in and around them or below them, you know, they might have started getting some wins and, and really sort of hit the World Cup with a bit of confidence, especially heading into that game against the Philippines. And, I mean, how good will this exposure be for some of the Kiwi players who may not have been exposed to the global stage before? Oh, yeah, it'll definitely be massive for, for some of the young players. And, and traditionally at the World Cup, the football firms have always taken some teenagers, um, you know, I think as young as like 15 or 16 in, in previous tournaments. So um, it's going to be pretty awesome for them. You know, there's going to be some players in the, the Wellington Phoenix team that will be pushing uh, for selection. But also for, you know, the veteran players in the, in the football firms, there are a lot of players in the team who have played over 100 games for New Zealand before. And this is basically going to be a way to cap their career by having a World Cup at home. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the World Cup, we'll probably see a whole host of retirements. And I think it'll be sort of a bit of a transition phase for, for the football ferns after that. But um, yeah, I just think of, of players like Rhea Percival, who have um, you know played for, for New Zealand for over a decade. Um, you know, people like Annalie Longo, um, you know, what a way to sort of finish their careers by by having a World Cup in, in front of their friends and family. And the football fans don't play in New Zealand very often either. So to have to bring the world um, home, it's going to be a pretty awesome moment for them, I'd say. Phil Rollo, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podium. And thank you so much for all your mahi in 2022 and coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And that's it for this bonus summer episode of The Podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams, Philippa Tolley, and audio editor Connor Scott, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us via email thepodium at stuff.co.nz and make sure you like and follow us wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss an episode. Until next time, namihi, go well. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. At least you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The Human Race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate.